0: On this week's Deseret News Youth Insiders podcast, we break down Utah's 21-7 loss to Washington. We look at the offense, catch up with offensive linemen Falamaka and Nick Ford. Amy Donaldson has an interview with Steve Tate for our Utah by 5 segment. We also talk about Britton Covey. Can you keep taking the hits? And that and more on this week's Deseret News Youth Insiders podcast. All right, welcome to the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast. I'm Dirk Facer, longtime beat writer, joined here today by Mike Sorensen, who's been at the newspaper forever, knows everything about the Utes, and our resident millennial. Yeah, it's Trent Wood. Welcome, guys. Let's get started. Let's jump right into the Utah Washington game. Utes drop a twenty-one to seven decision to the Huskies at home. Mike, what are your thoughts that you took away from that game?
1: Well, there's several things. I think, you know, first of all, I think they didn't use the running games near enough. I mean, Zach Moss, they said he was injured, but, uh, you know, why not use Armand Shine? You know, he's – two years ago, he played more than Moss did, and he's supposed to be on the same level, and uh, they, he didn't even use him. So I don't know. I guess he said he didn't practice as well and so forth, but that was kind of the biggest thing. Why not run the ball? They came out with three straight passes to start the game, which I thought was kind of strange. But, uh, you know, run the ball, try to get an offense established, and go from there.
2: Shant, what are your initial thoughts? I mean, if we're questioning coaching decisions, it was weird that Matt Gay didn't get to attempt a field goal. There were multiple chances they could kick field goals at the end of the game. that would have been a lot closer than they were.
0: You know, I have kind of see when they play Washington, they kind of have to take chances. I mean, you have to put touchdowns instead of field goals on the board. And I thought maybe when they came out, Mike, and they came out throwing those passes— I'm I'm going to chalk that up to strategy a little bit, that they were trying to throw Washington off guard because Utah has this reputation of running the ball and pounding it in. And when they didn't do that, I think maybe they were hoping that they would have the Huskies scratching their head a little bit. Do you buy that?
1: Oh, yeah. I think they try to trick the other guys into not knowing what's going on. But, you know, I watched, I had watched the BYU game earlier in the day, and it seemed to me that, you know, they just had kind of a simple plan, run the ball, pass it when you need it. And you think about it, Zach Moss is probably better than Squally Canada you know Huntley's probably as good as Tyler Mang or Tanner Mangum and uh you know those guys just had a good game plan they just kind of did it simple ran the ball when they needed to pass it pass it at certain times and i think Utah just kind of gets too fancy sometimes and they kind of try to do this and that and they just need to kind of use their strengths and not try to you know do this uh passing all the time and and doing these things that they do that I just think that they just need to simplify it a little bit.
0: Trent, what do you think personnel-wise? Do you think Utah has the horses to be able to throw the football, or is it a work in progress and right now they have Zach Moss and Armand Shine, and maybe they should run the ball more? What do you think?
2: I mean, I th- I think that still has to be up in the air at this point with the amount of drops that happened. You had drops by receivers. You had drops by tight ends. I mean, they, they looked like they have talent, and I know a lot of people like to blame it on Tyler Huntley and a lack of touch on his throws, but they were just – Playing drops throughout that game. No, oh, including one right in the end zone. I mean, obviously,
1: the- and that. And that's where I disagree. I think Tyler Huntley throws the ball way too hard, especially on short passes. You don't need to fire it in there as, you know, like 90 miles an hour. And unlike on that one to that tight end, you know, let's say, well, he dropped it. But man, that thing, when the guy's five yards away, don't fire it in there. Just lob, him. you just kind of send it over to him. I even asked Tyler, I said, what's, uh, you know, do you think you ever throw it too hard? And he said, well, I got to get it there before the defenders come. You know, that was his explanation. Well, that's a good explanation, but you know sometimes you don't need to fire it in there. If Maybe you need to do that on a, on a 10 or 15-yarder, but on a 5-yard pass, just float it out to the guy, let him catch it, and waltz into the end zone. Can you teach touch, or do
0: you have it or you don't have it?
1: That's a good question. I, you think that a quarterback's been playing for 10 years that he ought to have touch by now, but he just seems to, fu- every pass seems to just be a, a bullet. And sometimes you just need to not fire everything like that. You know, the great quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and those guys, they know how to float the passes sometimes, so they, they mix it up. And I think Tyler's a good passer, but he just seems to overly throw it so hard all the time that sometimes it's not the receiver's fault if he's real close to him.
0: Grant, maybe on the positive side, Utah gave up six sacks at Northern Illinois, only two against the Huskies of Washington, arguably a much better team. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I mean, their offensive line was significantly improved. Statistically, they were a completely different group than they were against Northern Illinois. They were just more aggressive, more physical. They looked the part of a Utah offensive line, which they hadn't yet.
0: And you had a chance to catch up with a couple of the guys this week, uh, Center LoFal Maka. Uh, what did he have to say to you?
2: Lowe was great. I mean, he, he talked about how the, the big adjustment was just an attitude. They, uh, they took the game more seriously. Not that they didn't take Northern Illinois and Weber State more seriously, but it was, it was Washington. It was a Pac-12 opener. They knew that the game started with them. Obviously, after Northern Illinois, everybody was kind of ragging on the line a little bit. Definitely. It was a rough game. Yep. What did you guys work on last week heading into the Washington game?
3: Uh, just to take more pride in what we do, you know, okay. as an offensive line, you know, we don't want anyone to turn quarterback at all, so I feel like, the sense of urgency and, you know, just the feeling of, you know, taking pride in what you do kind of came into play this week, so I feel like it was, it was a good job. Out.
2: Coach Witt talks about how physicality was a big deal against Washington, and mm-hmm. you just talked to Derek about how physical games are something you enjoy, why is it fun to play physical offensive line?
3: I mean, because, what's the point of being down there, you know, yeah they'll be a receiver or right? like you know if you you're not ready to get to like work in the trenches, you know but uh, it's no fun playing an easy team either. You know, you always want to play the best, be the best.
2: So after Washington, I mean, how do you feel about you guys up front? Obviously, you had a much improved game, especially protecting Tyler. But just how do you feel about it?
3: Uh, I definitely uh, feel like we'll
1: we won't be out physical by any other you team in the Pac-12. I mean, we played a damn physical game against you know Washington.
3: Uh, just too many unfortunate you know events like yeah. <laughs> drop passes, fumbles, and stuff like that. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's something that the offensive line will forget about and work to get, you know, do a better job.
2: For you, is run blocking more enjoyable or pass protection? Uh, definitely.
3: Run blocking is a, a lot more fun okay. than pass blocking. Pass blocking, kind of just sitting there, absorbing hits and stuff like that. Run blocking, you can actually burn and attack somebody.
2: So, so when, like, somebody like Zach, obviously he's a little banged up, what does that do for you guys? Because obviously you want to run block. Mm-hmm. You want to see him out there. You want to see Armand out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to say, like, you're disappointed when Tyler's throwing the ball, but do you want Want to see more running game? Do you want
3: to see more of that? Oh, game? De- definitely, definitely. I would love to run the ball more often. You know, uh, Costello has a great scheme, so i will like, never question his schemes and stuff like that. But I trust that he'll know when to run the ball, and, and, we'll get, and the offensive line will be ready.
2: All right, I think Lowe was was great there, just talking about the offensive line and just the improvements that they made and just the mindset that they had.
0: You also had a chance to catch up with Nick Ford, kind of a newcomer to that offensive line as far as starting in that, and uh, he had some interesting things to say as well.
2: Yeah, Nick was great. Nick talked about how uh, he was similar to Lowe at the beginning. He talked about how it was an attitude adjustment, but then he got talking and he kind of let in that they were allowed to be a little bit more physical in practice. They got to beat up on the defensive line a little bit like they hadn't before. Yeah, you know, I think he's going to be a great quote for years to come with the Utes. For sure. What was practice well, like for you guys the- as a unit sure. after Northern Illinois? Leading up to Washington, what was different? What helped you guys play so much better?
4: I wouldn't say there's uh, very much different, but uh, we got after it more in practice. You know, uh, in recent uh, practices, they, you know, we try to keep everyone up and you know keep everyone healthy and not finish people. But in, throughout this week, they let us, uh, you know, drive people, finish people, and really be aggressive. And all all week, we had the mind state of you know one team's gonna have to be more physical than the other. The trenches we're to come down to, you know, see their hunter or be hunted. So, so we chose to be the Hunters.
2: Was it just increased physicality, you think? Or was it technique or scheme things that helped you guys play get better? Or is it just your guys' attitude?
4: Well, I think it was just attitude. Okay. Like, you know, coming and opening a Pac-12, uh, home game, sold out, blackout, really, really high, adrenaline, everything, you know just really getting after it and understanding that, you know, the offensive side of the ball really relies on the offensive line to push some people around so we can get done what we gotta get done.
2: So you got to start at right tackle, right? Mm-hmm. So you were the first person Coach Wade talked about after the game, talked about how well you played in that spot. I mean, how did you feel about your performance? Did you feel good about what you did? Well, yeah, I mean,
4: I felt like I could have done a lot better. Okay. You know, that's how I feel about every game, though. Uh, you know, put some people on the floor, uh, you know, lock some people up. But, I mean, there's always room for improvement and, you know, I felt like I gave everything that I could have gave for being called in such a short amount of time. And if, it, if I have to play right time again, then they know that I'm going to be definitely ready to be able to play.
2: Okay. And then, so I know everybody talks about physicality on the offensive line. A lot of the people who are UW fans have not played offensive line, so they don't know why physicality is so important and fun. Lo talk about how that's like the best part of it. Why is it so much fun to be physical as a lineman? Uh shoot. It's fun, uh, you know, the different reasons, uh,
4: different positions get different spotlights and you know, receivers get the spotlight for catching the ball, quarterback, throwing the ball, running back, running the ball and offensive line we're just known for being pricks and you know, when it's it's that time and you get to put people on the floor and it's like you showing, like, who's who, you know, you know what I mean? Like, who's boss and, you know, who's bigger than the other. And it's just, you know, man on man, you know, who, who's going to back down. And you definitely don't want to be the man to back down and have someone put you on your back. But, you know, so, I mean, that's what we see it as. It's, it's fun. We may not get the spotlight all the time, but, I mean, when, when it really comes down to it, the quarterbacks, receivers, all that, running backs, know, when they see, you know, all five linemen putting five people on the back and stuff, that's five less guys they gotta worry about.
2: And then just last thing here for you and I'll let you go. Run block, pass block. Which do you have more fun doing? Low city likes run run prediction really. Right? No.
4: Uh I say both to be honest. Both? Yeah, cause okay. they, they all have their little pickings. Uh I mean they have negatives and positives, you know, run block, you gotta have a really good demeanor or you're just gonna fall okay. straight to your face. Uh, same thing with pass block. Uh you know, pass block you got to be a little bit more patient and sit down which is what i don't like so i mean as in being aggressive uh run block for sure because you can show your strength but as in being finesse and showing able you're able to move pass block
2: i think that nick ford is one of those guys that you want to look out for in the future he's just a entertaining kid and he's going to be playing for three more years for the team yeah
0: he's a good one to have well let's jump on the other side of the ball guys and talk about the defense a little bit um it's can be said that holding Washington to 21 points should be enough to to get a victory. You guys agree with that, Mike?
1: Ah, uh, it should be. You know, most teams should be able to sc- uh, score more than 21 points, and I think Utah they have the offense to do it. But uh, obviously, the offense didn't do it that night. But the defense has been great. You know, obviously, they rank number one in the nation in three different categories. You know, they've just been solid the whole time. So I think that uh, you can't really blame the defense. I think the most of the blame should go to the offense right now, and the special teams at times.
0: Trent, what do you think? I mean, the linebackers have obviously done the heavy lifting as far as the tackles are concerned. What's your take
2: on- I mean, I don't think you can have any complaints about the defense at any level. I know that people like to complain about the fumble at the in the Washington game, but. I mean, at this point, Utah's hoping for their defense to score. They're that good. And I don't think you can complain about any aspect of the defense at this point.
0: You know, I know Mike had a chance to catch up with uh, Donovan Thompson this week, kind of the the shadow, in the shadow of the two leading tacklers, uh, Chase Hansen and Cody Barton, uh, Donovan's an intriguing guy as well.
1: Yeah, it's kind of amazing to think, you know, those other two guys play, it seems like the whole game, and they only play two linebackers. So what's, you know, Donovan Thompson, I even asked him, I said, how much do you play? And he says, oh, I don't know, I just go in there whenever I want to. But he's yet he's the fourth on the team in tackles. Not when he wants to, but when the coaches send him in, he's fourth on the team in tackles and he plays about half the game or less. I mean, go figure. I mean, so the guy must have more tackles than anybody per minute, I think, on the team. And the guy's fast. He, you know, he plays in the middle. He goes from sideline to sideline. And he's, since he's playing so well, there's some guy that everybody was talking about, some Francis Bernard guy, something like that. And he, uh, you know, he hasn't played the last two games because they got three good linebackers and they, they usually play a two linebacker set and sometimes they play a three linebacker set. And that's when Donovan plays or he'll sometimes go in for Cody. But, uh, yeah, he's been playing awfully well and you can't complain about those three linebackers.
0: No, they're pretty stacked, and I thought when you know when our when the BYU transfer came up to Utah, he's going to have a hard time cracking the lineup and get some playing time, and that's proven to be the case early. But it's a long season, and injuries and that could happen. Trent, what do you think the impact of that loss? Does that hurt Utah's chances to win the South Divisioners way too early. It's only one game.
2: I mean, Coach Whittingham talked about that multiple times this week, talked about it after the game, talked about it in his weekly press conference, just how, yeah, it's not good that they lost to Washington. It's a Pac-12 game, but it's a North opponent. It's not in the South. It's the first game of Pac-12 play. I don't know if it has a significant impact on how successful they can be this season.
0: Yeah, You know, I'm holding to my theory that if Utah can sweep the South, win all five games against the South, Split their northern division games two and two. I think seven and two and holding the tiebreaker over every team in the division will get it done.
2: I don't even know if they need to be that good. The South has looked so bad. It looks like teams are just gonna beat up on one another. I don't know if they have to win seven. I think they could probably win six and still win the division.
1: And maybe even five, you know, five and four with the other if the North sweeps these South guys, I think it's gonna be you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be ugly for the South this year.
0: It could be. Do you guys see any changes uh, taking place with the losses? Is there gonna be any panic button pushing up at Utah, are they going to change quarterbacks, change any position? Do, do you think they're just going to shore things up and move on?
1: I can't see them changing quarterbacks. We asked him about that, and he said, you know, it's uh, we always look at everything, and they might uh, look at these freshmen a couple, a little more this next week or so. Cause they have a week off, you know. But to, you know, I go back to what I said originally. I think that they need to kind of establish their run game a little bit more, use more guys than Moss. Moss was injured a little bit, but if he's injured, get someone else in there like Armand Schein and just kind of not be quite so uh, fancy and just kind of be more straightforward. And then maybe as the season goes along, you maybe you can be a little more fancy and throw some stuff in there like that they've been trying to do so far.
0: Mike Tyler Huntley is a talented runner as well. Can that still be part of the arsenal, or does he need to run on a? Need as needed basis.
1: I think it's the latter. I think you know he does great when he scrambles out of the pocket, but I don't think they need to do this uh, up, you know read option as much as they do. I think they should kind of maybe shelve that for a while too. They don't need to have him getting beat up because they don't, they need him and you know just uh, he, when he runs he can he's great runner, but just don't have him as one of your primary runners.
0: Well, you guys know what time it is. What, what time, is, time it? is it? It's Utah by five. Our Amy Donaldson had a chance to catch up with former Utah safety Steve Tate, founder of the Hayes Tough Foundation. I'd like to play that for you right now.
5: So let's start with um the experience of being at the game, uh being honored at the game what was it, two weeks ago? Now? Yeah at the Weaver game. So yeah. tell me about that.
6: It was cool. You know, I mean going and seeing your former teammates. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, how much people have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's that that's that camaraderie, that that fraternity of of, of teammates you have, regardless of when you play it. You know, it's cool. It's it's just um once kind of a you always you i mean that sounds kind of cliche but yeah there's a lot of truth to that regardless if you see someone and you haven't seen them in 10 years it's kind of you know what each other have been through remember those yeah remember the days days when urban would you know call you this and that and you know we wanted to cry but we just had to sit there and take it yeah
5: yeah yeah um do you have a favorite memory from your time you know in, in college football
6: gosh to to i I love I love camp. I I hated fall camp going through it, but looking back, I mean that those were the hardest times. But it was you know, being in the dorm and Eric Weddle as your roommate and, and uh him listening to R and B till like three in the morning, and I'm like, "How are you such this like all American when you get no sleep? Yeah. You eat ice cream all the time, and yet you're the best player I've ever been around." I mean, just yeah. things like that. It's the off the field stuff, right? I mean, it's kind yeah. of a, like all the little stuff. All the little stuff.
5: Most people are probably familiar with uh, what you've been through with your son Hayes, but you know, tell me about his uh, cancer and
6: yeah, he was uh, diagnosed
5: as an infant. He right? was
6: diagnosed at nine months old. You know, mm-hmm. we had just had triplets this life-changing events and you know we were getting used to life Uh, needless to say we were trying to adapt to life with triplets yeah and then we get you know I thought life was hard then and then you know I realized how easy life was with triplets when we find out Hayes has cancer
5: I don't even I can't even imagine but I mean you're this little kid you can't explain to him yeah. what's happening to him? you can't how do you balance how did you balance her? Was it your wife or
6: yeah, I don't know yeah I yeah. mean yeah I think it was it was our relationship it was um the the fact that I had five other kids that looked at me looked up to me you know I think somewhat that that does resonate uh, or or somehow relate to what I dealt with in football. I was a leader, I always rose to the occasion, and so this I felt like here for once in my life, I was being looked to for that. And, and if I learned anything and being a leader, it was okay. Now is the time to step up and, and be strong despite probably not feeling strong. I knew I just had to be strong. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of kind of a lot of those leadership skills I, I learned, I, I here I was trying to now utilize those in real life from a uh, you know, third party stand, standpoint, looking at me, they, people probably thought I had it all figured out. Right. I mean,
5: yeah.
6: i successful after Football. I had a great family. Um, I, it, you probably, it you had probably a great appeared, job. I had a great yeah, job, right? Yeah, and it probably yeah. appeared that I had it all figured out. And uh, I think what, if anything, this probably taught people that wow, here's a guy that had everything going, and then all of a sudden he hits rock bottom with this news that his son has cancer.
1: Mm-hmm. And
6: I wanted, I wanted people to realize that life's not as expected. Life does not go as expected. And so we felt inclined to do it. And then what we felt was this. Oddly enough, we felt this support system, and mm-hmm. it, it kept us going a lot of times. As weird yeah. as it sounds, strangers, but yeah. just people praying from all different demographics, religions, mm-hmm. praying for our son. And for some odd reason, we, we cling to that. And, yeah. uh, it, and since he's passed away, we still kind of cling to that. It, it, yeah. it helps us.
5: And you made a decision to write a book and start a foundation, yeah no I like yeah I was like what yeah so, tell me about that <laughs>
6: you know I and this is this yeah. so I one night I woke up in the middle of the night and it was a distinct impression to write a book it was,
1: mm-hmm.
6: it woke me up it startled me it was hey you got to write a book and and I kind of pushed it off and I woke up an hour later No, you got to write a book and it was very it was very obvious that I needed to write this book, and so I Did what any amateur does. I just did a basic outline. I've never written a book. So I just did a basic outline on my phone of all things. Yeah. And then that morning I I went to my office and I got a a random message and I've never heard from this person since, but this random message from a person and I said, Hey, I don't know you. I just followed your story and I I felt like I needed to write you this morning to tell you to write a book. Hmm. And uh, this was two hours after I had gotten this impression. So I wrote a book and I finished it in four weeks. It was therapeutic. It was. I was, uh, you know, it was just reliving our life. And from the moment we found out, we were having triplets through um, through his death. And, um, you know, I didn't know what to do with it. it. I didn't know what my intent was. I just followed my instinct. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, you know, uh, things have a way of working out. And a literary agent reaches out to me and says, oh, I heard you wrote a book. I'd love to read it. And then, you know, within three months, they were ready to publish it and uh and so i wrote this book and and it, at the
5: same time are you forming the foundation or where? yeah like, okay. at the same
6: time i'm forming the foundation <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know what we we're doing and tell me know. about
5: the foundation yeah. now it's,
6: yeah you know the the foundation has it, it's i think it's evolved from our initial our, our initial intent was to provide kind of that. so make a wish from 0 to 3 does not exist for children 0 to zero 3 that's kind of their stipulations so initially that was it we wanted to provide that and yeah. then we've just since then it's evolved it's it's this need to help people and Man, how many people out there are just struggling financially to meet their medical needs? Mm-hmm. And um, what we didn't want was for people to miss out on an opportunity to um, share perhaps what might be the last moment with their loved ones. And so we were able to see just the impact it had and yeah. see them at the beach or whatever they wherever they went whether it was at Disneyland, the beach, Hawaii, Mexico. We we provided that for them,
1: mm-hmm.
6: and it's a way to honor our son. It's it's his legacy, and you know the one thing I he only had 20 months to live and so i you know i i i feel like he he needs this lifetime to live through us and so it's us honoring him
2: that was a great interview that amy had with steve tate i know that recently steve tate's foundation Haystuff, tough has been in the news because of a twitter bet on by a uh, utah and a byu fan the byu fan bet that uh BYU would be ranked in the top 25, and the Utah fans said no. And then when BYU was, the the fan reneged on the bet. But Utah fans came through in the clutch and donated upwards of six grand to the Haystuff Foundation. So it was just great to have Amy catch up with Steve.
0: Steve's a great guy. I had the opportunity to cover him when he played for the Utes and know him pretty well. Good guy, talented on many fronts, including broadcasting. He's done some uh, high school games for TV and and does a great job. Speaking of doing a great job, let's talk about Britton Covey. Once again, he— he had eight catches for the Utes again, but these ones came with a price. He got racked up like a, a rag doll on this. Mike, can he afford to take these hits, or can Utah afford to have him get beat up like he did in the Washington game?
1: Well, I think they need to use him as much as possible. I mean, he's their, probably one of their best players, if not their best player this year. So, you know, I'm am in favor of him having the ball every time if he can. But the problem is, is they just – got to spread it out a little bit. You know, the guys like C.O.C. Mariner, you know, he gets the first two games and all of a sudden did he even play the last game and didn't even see him hardly, you know. And Sampson Nakua the first couple of games. That There's just so many guys they have. they got to spread it out a little bit and let some other people get the ball and, and let them get some hits. But, you know, I think the thing about Covey, though, he's such a tough kid. I mean, he didn't seem like a ball – you know, we talked to him yesterday at the after practice and he seemed – No worse for the wear. I mean, he said he was sore and everything, but he's a, you know, he seems to handle it well. Seems to me the little guys seem to be able to handle hits better than like a, you know, a tall guy who gets the knees cut out from under him, you know. For some reason, these little guys that run around don't ever seem to get injured. So I think, you know, Covey's going to last, you know, most of the year. But I think they do need to spread it out and let some of these other guys get a chance, you know, some of these freshman receivers, you know, let them get the ball more. and, And so that Covey's not getting the brunt of all the hits.
0: Trent, does it need to be a bigger guy that takes up these hits, you know, the, one of the bigger receivers? Should they be the ones catching the ball out in the middle there and getting smacked?
2: I almost don't think it's possible to have him catch the ball less because of his competitive fire and will and want to win. And I think Tyler Huntley sees that and wants to get him the ball because he knows he's going to catch it. He knows he's going to try his hardest to get yards. I don't know if he sees that from his other receivers, but you see it from Britton Covey every moment is on the field. I don't know if they can scheme away from him. I just don't know if it's possible.
0: Oh, and one of the more outstanding things he did in the game was return punts. I mean, he had racked up some big yardage doing that. But yeah. the returning punts comes with a price, too. You get hit. What do you think, Mike?
1: Well, yeah, and I think that was lacking the first two games. You know, they didn't have any punt returns. And last game, you know, Covey was amazing. They were doing these line drives to the corners, and he caught every one of them, it seemed like. And, and he got 20 yards on one, and he you know got several yards on several of them. So I think, you know, people say, well, don't have him return punts. But – He's very valuable back there, and that's where they can get a lot of good field positions. So I would let him do it, but just don't, uh, you know, just gotta, you know, be careful out there. You know, he's gotta just not, not run into guys all the time like he has and just try to do what he can.
0: You now Brad Rock uh, has a column on DesertNews.com that listeners should check out. He uh, talked to Britton about taking these hits and that. And he's a very competitive kid, and he doesn't want to back off. And, you know, I think the big danger is just a guy that size that maybe the, the you know, the wrong, uh, middle linebacker's going to plaster him good or a defensive lineman because he's he's not very big, obviously, but he is elusive. And, uh, you know, in talking to him, as we did at practice the other day, he's not going to back down. That's just not who Britton Covey is. Guys, as we uh, wrap things up here today, uh, we'll get to our uh, Pac-12 pick'ems here in a minute. But anything else you want to say about the Washington game before we move on?
2: I almost feel like that's a game that the Utes should kind of just forget. The defense played great. The offense was, had a pretty miserable outing. I feel like that's one of those games that you, you try to learn from, but then you put it aside and you just move on to the next game. And the bye week, I think, helps with that.
1: I just think, you know, the fact that it was, uh, you know, they were a ranked team, they were highly favored. Well, they were favored over Utah. So, really, Utah shouldn't have expected to win that game. And it's just one loss against a team from the other division. And like Trent said, just move on from here. And you got eight more games to play in the Pac-12. And if you can win six or seven of those, you're going to be in great shape.
0: Right, and, you know, I think everyone thought that uh, washington that was a winnable game just because of the fact that Utah played them so closely the last couple of years. But bottom line is it probably wasn't a game that most pundits would put in the win column, and, you know, it turned out the way it did. By week, what do they want to accomplish? I think number one we talked about with Britton Covey is they got to get these guys, get those bumps and bruises healed up and go in because they're playing a Washington State team next week that's one of the top passing teams in the country little different animal there, but they're going to need
2: everybody healthy, especially a Britton Covey, don't you guys think? Yeah, definitely. And Zach Moss is a big thing. I yeah, know right. I know. Coach Whittingham's talked about how he's not 100%.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, Moss, get him healthy and also get some help for him. You know, so Find a couple other running backs that are going to help him out so he doesn't have the whole load on his back.
0: All right. It's now time for Pac-12 South Pick'ems. Uh, the segment's quasi-sponsored by our good friends at Deseret News Grid Picks. We encourage you to get on DeseretNews.com and pick winners of college games. I believe they also have one for high schools and pros. You can win $50 each week. And there's a grand prize, I think, at the end of the year of $250. So Desert News grid picks on DesertNews.com. Be sure to hit that. It's fun to do. Uh, this week, guys, we don't have a lot of pick 'ems to do because uh, besides Utah having a bye, it's a pretty slow week in the South. Three games uh, starting with Friday night. A big one for Utah, Washington State at USC. It's big for Utah on a couple fronts, obviously, because you just want to get a good look at the Cougars. On the other hand, they would love to see USC get another loss tagged on them. So That's Trent, definitely true. That game
2: I think Washington State wins. USC looked awful against Texas. They just looked Straight awful. They can't move the ball in offense. They can't score. I think Washington State wins that game.
1: Mike, what do you think? I'm going with USC. They they have looked awful. They've been horrible. But I think you know they can't be any worse. And they still have the program down there with all those good players. They're playing at home, and I think that was a wake up call last week when they get beat by 23 points to Texas. So uh, Washington State's pretty good, but it's in uh, Los Angeles. So I'm going to go with USC.
0: I kind of agree with you, Mike. Just for the fact that I just can't see with all the talent USC has getting waxed again however washington state you know they're not getting a lot of respect and they built a good program there and washington state's actually playing a little defense this year so that could make things intriguing but i'm gonna go with the trojans on that one too uh arizona at oregon state um wow I, i'm glad i don't live in corvallis because i think i'd be at walmart instead of the game sure. who are you guys taking in that one mike
1: uh, I'm going to go with Arizona. I mean, Oregon State is bad, and so is Arizona. But I think that uh, Oregon State is better, So I'm going to go with uh, Arizona just because they got a little more talent. And Oregon State really hasn't showed us anything this year uh, to speak of. I mean, so I think Arizona gets the win there.
2: This is the game nobody wants to watch, and I think Oregon State's going to win it. That's just what I'm going to pick. You know, I'm going to go with Arizona,
0: but uh, if I were in Corvallis, there's a Chinese restaurant I go there called the Royal Jade. I think I'd just park it there at about 10 a.m. and leave at about 6 p.m. and miss the game, miss the quote-unquote traffic for that one. A sure. um, little bigger game in Seattle, Arizona State at Washington. I'm not drinking any of the ASU Kool-Aid at this point. I think Washington's going to Pound them, uh, Mike.
1: Well, last time I was here, I did pick Arizona State, and I did do that correctly. But this time, I am going to go with Washington. I think Arizona State, you know, is still is uh, they're a good team, but they're just uh, they're no match for Washington, and that's at Washington, and they're a ranked team, and they should, I think, win by a couple touchdowns.
2: I mean, I want to pick ASU, but Washington's going to win.
1: Now, just reviewing last week, Trent, you went four and two.
0: That was a pretty I good said week. In the week in a row. So you're you're the best picker we have. I uh, went four and two, and Amy. Uh, one in five. So, Mike, you can, uh. Just do well. What, what about by. two
1: weeks ago? Was it wasn't I five and one? Didn't you could? Did well, keep track of that? Yeah, it's somewhere in the archive. we will dig it up. Oh. I know you do well. But. Thank
0: you. No, it's good to have you with us, guys. As we wrap this up this week. Anything else you want to bring up? I think the point I want to bring up is that uh, you know Utah fans not to to jump off the bandwagon just yet. It's early. It's Going to need a couple games to in the Pac-12 to see exactly what this team is made of. I think it's fun to analyze and reanalyze things at this point. But you know, a lot of things can change, and you know. In a week week or two. But this bye week could probably be good for them. You know, I don't necessarily think a bye week this early in the season is beneficial because it seems like you just get things up and going and you shut it down. But given the fact that Utah's coming off that physical game with Washington, it may not be a bad deal. Trent?
2: Yeah, to piggyback off you, I know that college football fans in particular love to overreact to losses early in the season. The season's short. There's only 12 games. Obviously, losses are big. But Utah's still 2-1, and one they lost to the the favorite in the Pac 12 they still have a chance to do everything they want to do this year
1: i think you know yeah that is this ike did come at a pretty good time considering that all the, oh, the problems they had the last 2 weeks against northern illinois and washington this gives them a chance to retool the offense a little bit you know like i said to get some guys healthy and, and then get ready for the stretch of nine straight games and nine straight weeks so and I think, like you said, Utah's got a long way to go, so they, uh, they have a chance to still have a great season.
0: All right. Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate you listening to the podcast. Be sure to go to DeseretNews.com to download it, or you can get it on Google Play or iTunes or wherever your favorite podcasts are located. Thanks again. We'll talk to you next week.